Instinctive Periodization and Olympic Inclusions. Those are our topics for Jim on My Weightlifting Coach, the podcast. Hello. Hi, Jim. How are you? I'm good. It's good to hear from you. Sorry it's been a few weeks, but I'm glad I got you back. And how have things been going? Uh, You've been doing a lot of seminars. Well, weightlifting in the Bay Area and actually throughout the United States is just incredibly booming. Uh, we're all, all us coaches are busy doing seminars, coaching courses, and personal training, and, and you name it. So many people have it's really caught on big time. And this is this is recreational weightlifting. This is some people, but that but that's where you're going to find uh, you know your stars of the future. They'll come out of some young kid just trying it and turn it out to be really good and and so forth. That's where future stars or past stars have come from. <clears throat> Just you know, by accident, we found the Mario Martinez's or the Cheryl Hayworths and people like that. Yeah, I think that's great that it's booming. Yeah. Um, how would you say? I mean, is it like double the numbers that you saw ten years ago? Uh, at least triple, maybe uh, four times. Wow. Yeah. So like, okay. We have a competition almost every weekend. Uh, sometimes, like as we had one last weekend, we got one coming up this weekend, and then on the following weekend, and. Then next thing you know, it's the World Championships, and then we got a uh, a big competition in Reno, and you know, it just it just conti- continues and goes. So it's gonna, I'm I'm enjoying it tremendously, but I do miss my my weekends off. You know, now I have to. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and and what do you think is causing the boom? Is it the CrossFit effect? Well, the, is it that the the CrossFit was what started the boom, and the internet also. So it's CrossFit and internet together, really. And then it's like people, it's kind of like they discovered, okay, this is really a cool way to, to work out. You know, in the United States uh, and, and Bay Area in particular, people are into all kinds of things from rock climbing to skydiving to scuba diving. To, you know, so it's, and it's finally caught on. Just so it's another activity now that people are doing and finding that it helps them for all the other activities they want to do. Yeah, that's so true. It's, yeah. it's such a way of getting better at right. whatever you do, more powerful, faster. Right. So uh, tell me about your recent article on instinctive periodization. Yes. Was there anything that you encountered in your coaching or during your seminars that led you to write about it at this point? Yeah, because I get so many people now that I'm training that, that want to learn how to do weightlifting, and then they know a little bit, you see. So they come to me and they go, they, got, they, got, they know a snatch and a clean and jerk. So I give them like a, a basic program to make sure that they do know what they're doing. And then I start tailoring the program according to them what they want because a lot of people come and you know these young kids they see so much stuff on the internet and they say well I want to try this I want to try that so we'll try it and, I'll, I'll, and I use my instinct to tell them whether or not that's a good good thing to do or not and so then I, everyone kind of I call it instinctive because it's you know people want to train a certain way and I'll say well let's let's try it but I think we, I don't think that'll work for you for example you can't train the Chinese way or the uh, the Kazakhstan way or the Russian way because those are professional full-time weightlifters. You have to train according to how much time and energy you have because you have a job and maybe a family and so forth. And so that's where the instinct comes in. I have to instinctively adapt it to that person. And they have to give me feedback on their instinct and how, how it's working. And so then we, I call it under, you know, instinctive because so therefore we, we have a plan, but it has to be instinctively altered or intuitively altered according to um, you know, how the person's life is going. And uh, then the undulating part is, well, we, we, we can't always do the same thing. We can't progress in a straight line. We've got to train hard and then train light and then train hard and train light, you know, back on, on and off. You know, you go fast and you go slow and you go fast and you go slow. 
uh, trying to, you know, always increase the, the workout load and the uh, weight that you lift. And then periodization, well, we do it in a cyclical form in that we can't, uh, we have to, you know, periodically train differently so the body gets a chance to recuperate and, uh, and restore itself. Yeah, that was something that uh, I was noticing in your article. I mean, you were basically saying light, medium, yeah. heavy week right. within a month. Right. Uh, and periodization has usually been divided into, of course, the day and then the week, the month, and then cycles according to when someone is competing. Right. Um, what if someone's new? Is it just week to week or do you start thinking long term already? No, it's, 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 it's week to week. And uh, seeing how much of a workload they can handle, and everybody comes to me. I say, so many people they want to, they want to get up to, you know, they want to go from zero to sixty real fast, you know. And so if, if you do that, they burn out at at, at fifty. So you just try to got to bring them along and coax them along, uh, and you know see how much they can handle. And, and it's uh, it cracks me up because I get some people young, you know, the twenty five to thirty five year olds that are really healthy and strong and fit, and so they know I want more and more and more. Well, I said, well. We have to pace ourselves, and they don't—they don't believe it until they experience it. So that's then they, then they understand. So I kind of let a person, and there's here's where the instinct or intu- intuition comes in on my part. I let a person find out for themselves how much they can handle. Now, you know, a lot of people want to do more, and eventually they'll say, "Well, I, I don't think I should be doing that much right now." Yeah, okay, now let's train light for a while. Yeah, they yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 45 and I, I still don't know how to pace myself. Oh, well, I think with any, yeah, yeah. If anything, <laughs> well, especially as we get older, uh, we have to learn to train as hard as is comfortable, and to know when to say enough. And and it's going to continue to get get worse. You'll you'll be going along great for several months, maybe even several years, and all of a sudden you fall off a cliff. And I, you know, I thought at 70 I would be much stronger than I am. I mean, I'm very healthy and fit, but I thought I'd be stronger. This weekend, we're having the Dan Takeuchi uh, Memorial Competition down in Fresno. And here's a guy that aged 70 years of age at 75-kilo body weight, clean and jerk 105 kilos. That's yeah, that's, that's amazing. At age, yeah. at age 80, he can still clean and jerk 90 kilos. Jeez. At age 83, he can still clean and jerk 80 kilos. And, you know, yeah. Then unfortunately, yeah, that's phenomenal lifting, yeah. though. Yeah, so I he, did, yeah. Is it right that he got started later in life? Yeah, he started when he was 54 years old. Wow. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to put something on the uh, internet about him because, uh, because it, to promote this competition a little bit. I'm going to. I wrote an article about him for uh, in Milo magazine, so I'm going to post a link to that on the on my Facebook as soon as I finish with talking to you. All right. Super. I'll check that out. Yeah. Um, earlier, you were just talking about the workload issue. Ah. Um, do you pay attention? To the total amount of kilos lifted in a workout? No, you know, if I I don't do percentages or how you know or, or the amount of tonnage or kilos that a person lifts or the amount of reps that they do. I have too many people. I'd be you know just writing all day or have to be on my computer plugging it all in, and, and so I have everybody keep track of their own programs. And I you know my basic program for and it still works. It still makes people as strong as they can be. Is we do three light, you know, we do three sets of three with a light weight for warm ups, and then we work our way up to maybe 80 or 90 percent, where we'll do three sets of three or three sets of two or three sets of one, depending on, on the uh, where we are in our training. And I just, I just don't keep track of all. I used to years ago, and then I just, you know, I, I wasn't coaching. I was too busy doing all the math. And hmm. so now I, that's, again, maybe that's where the intuitive part comes in because now here I have this plan. Maybe we'll do three sets. Maybe we'll do five sets, depending on how you look and how you're, how you're progressing. 
at the top weight. <clears throat> and the top weight, it also, you know, I, I do use percentages kind of as a guideline. I, I use a slide rule still to do my percentages. And so when I'm doing a program for somebody, I'll just maybe just double check my percentages to see if I'm if I'm on base. And because I train most of my people between 80 and 90 percent, and and it's a guesstimation because um, so many of them they're like you know they're the 25 to 35 year olds that are in really good shape, and they're also doing rock climbing and other things. And so uh, we really don't do the one rep max uh, very often. So it's I'm kind of guesstimating about as I see them work out. Well, that's what I was going to ask you next. I mean, how how many times in a year could one uh, expect to hit that 100 percent? Well, when I take it, yeah, I think you can go probably. Um, you know, I have like eight weeks out of the year, 100 percent, 100 percent. So, like, in, in one of my programs, it's uh, light, medium, heavy, maximum. And that maximum week, you're maxing out on the squats one day, and the jerks another day, and the cleans another day. You know, so, so probably. Maybe out of eight eight weeks out of a, a year, you can really go to your absolute gut-breaking maximum. Uh, let's say you've got someone they're new, and they want to you know what see what they can lift in the snatch and the clean and jerk, but you want to max them out on an assistant lift. Uh, which lift would that be? Back squat or? Yeah, either either the back squat or the front squat, and uh, you know so I'll, I, I we. We go heavy in the deadlift, but not maximum in the deadlift. We always do deadlifts for double doubles, you know, and uh, squats uh, with a beginner. I mean, if, if they've if they've come in, they've got some experience. After I've had them take them through a few workouts, and I see that they're they're capable, I'll take them up to a max and see where they are. But if it's a, if it's a raw beginner, they don't go for a max for really the first two or three months. But what we do, we we'll go as heavy as they can for two or three reps. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now I'm just going to change gears. Yeah. Uh, there was an the, there's been articles of this about the sports currently being talked about for inclusion in the 2020 Olympics. Right. And I was curious what you thought about this because well, first of all, wrestling almost fell under the axe. Right. I, how, how do you? That's such a core sport to me. How do How do you feel about that? Well, I was surprised. I figured I wonder what's going on. I mean, to me, that's you know that's probably something behind the behind closed doors po- political thing going on because. How could wrestling, one of the classic sports of the human man, humankind, mankind, be taken out of the Olympics? I mean, wrestling is one of the most natural things uh, kids do from the day they're, you know, toddlers wrestling with their brothers and sisters and so forth. And it's such a, made, you know, uh, a natural sport, more natural than boxing or some of the other sports. But anyway, I, so I, I don't know what happened. I, I was glad that they got put back in. Uh, so these other sports, that like, like for example, beach volleyball back in 1996, when I was involved with the International Olympic Committee at that time, and the United States Olympic Committee, and and they just bought their way in because there's there is certain criteria. I don't know the criteria, but you have to have world championships. You have to have so many countries participate, and there's are some there are some standards and rules that the International Olympic Committee has. Well, the beach uh, beach volleyball came in and said, "We have money. <laughs> we have sponsors. We have TV." And so the beach volleyball you know, sort of bought their way in, and it's been a big hit. Uh, but uh, other sports, like you know, golf. You know, golf is a very widely participated sport in, in many countries. So I guess they're they're in. Uh, rugby seems like a natural sport to be in the Olympics. Baseball, because it's when it's in Japan, you know, it's a very uh, baseball is very big in Latin America and also in many parts of Asia. So uh, <clears throat> you know, but. You know what, what got baseball in trouble is for the 2004 Olympics when they were when they were in Greece. Well, the whole Greek team was made up of Americans of Greek heritage, 
You know, they, they all they, the baseball you know, those kids weren't even born in Greece, but their parents might have been born in Greece or something like that. So yeah. that's not truly representative of your country. And so now these some of these sports uh, like like windsurfing, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's what it's called, but they they got in uh, because they said, well, we're like we're sailing, we're just like sailing. So they got like you know a, a branch of sailing. Now for other parts of for other surfing sports to get in, I uh, you know I, I you know I, I don't know how widely practice they are around the world but just like in the in the inter, winter olympics you know snowboarding got in because that's that's real big and so if a sport you know so, so getting some of these new sports i there's a justification because that's what people are doing today and the olympics want sports that relate to people like for example like the modern pentathlon nobody does a modern pentathlon you know that's where they ride a horse and you shoot and you run and you arch i don't know i don't know the sword fight and all this stuff because yeah you know that was that was like the um uh, special forces of the Napoleon army or something like that. You know, they were a special unit that had to uh, run, ride, because they could get messages to the other parts of the army or to, the, or to Napoleon or something like that. So it was like an elite of the elite uh, military. And so nobody does that anymore. That's, that sport should be out. I mean, I think, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, equestrian events probably should stay in, but the, the modern pentathlon, there's no business for that. What do you think about skateboarding? Isn't that more of an X Games? Uh, yes, that's an X Games thing. And skateboarding, um, I don't know what category that would come under. Yeah. Because, yeah I have no idea if it's... That's like snowboarding. See, snowboarding, but that's very, very popular. And so skateboarding, I, that, that's interesting. I, I don't know how, how you'd categorize that. Yeah, and it, it just seems to be... And the thing about skateboarding and surfing is within the communities themselves, the people don't want it to go to the Olympics. That's that's what I've been oh, reading, at least. I didn't know that, yeah. Be because, you know, they look at it as they're sort of outsiders, uh, you know, the, uh, the, that X kind of thing again. Yeah, yeah they get into the Olympics, they're going to be drug testing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That was the first problem with snowboarding, I yeah, think. Yes. got around that. Oh, exactly. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> um. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly some of the other sports, like uh, I think karate is up. I mean, I, I think that's a no-brainer. Karate makes sense to me. Well, but see, there's already Taekwondo. True, true. So, so, it's like, so you have a martial arts, and they have boxing and wrestling, which are traditional. So, um, and, I, and I, you know, I'm, I don't know enough about karate to, to say, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. I, I wouldn't I really have no opinion on karate. I, I just thought Taekwondo sort of met the martial arts um, uh, end of it because next thing you know, gonna have what they have uh, uh, MMA in or whatever these things are called the ultra, yeah the ultra, new one ultra fighting or and all that stuff yeah yeah true true yeah. You, you, that, that's why the criteria I, I mean I think so much like you said is behind the scenes yeah, there, yeah. there's no way of really knowing and I think money probably yeah. is a huge factor yeah. as it is in so many aspects of yeah. life. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like I said, golf it just doesn't seem like an Olympic sport. It was in the Olympics many a long time ago. Then it was out. Even you know, even tug of war was in the Olympics many years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that they're thinking about that down the road too. Yeah, is bringing tug of war back yeah, in. Yeah, and I think rugby blowing. They're bringing in seven side rugby, and I think that that certainly seems like that's a maybe because I'm from California. We we read a lot about rugby, so I think it, uh, I think rugby is a widely participated sport around the world. Yeah, definitely. I, I follow rugby, and with the most recent World Cup, did you see uh, Japan beat South Africa? Uh, I didn't watch it. No, I didn't. didn't. Ah, it was one of the biggest upsets, and, uh -huh. and for Japan, they're hosting the next World Cup. Uh -huh. 
uh, it was really an earth shaker because they said, why are these teams here? Like, the U- yeah. U.S. isn't very strong. Japan, yeah. there's a lot of Romania. But they, they held their own. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think rugby's got plenty of yeah. plenty of following throughout yeah. the world. And so just it, it'll, it'll be interesting how the Olympics changes over the years because, like I say, I mean, modern pentathlon, there's no business for that. And although you know, we've got a hot bit of fencing activity going on here in San Francisco, and these guys are, do really well. I don't know about fencing. You know, fencing is not, not practiced that widely around the world, to my to my knowledge. You know, I don't think they do that in in the Caribbean or uh, you know in South America or Africa. But I but I don't know. You know, I'm just you know that fencing seems like there's another sport that's kind of old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think if some of these old fashioned sports, they have their world championships, they have their stage. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's you know if we're if we're worrying about throwing a sport like wrestling out, that uh, doesn't make sense to yeah. me. Yeah, no, that was I couldn't I couldn't understand that at all. I, I just had to figure something like there's some I'm sure there's some behind the scenes where wrestling was wasn't doing something that the International Olympic Committee wanted them to do. Yeah. All right, Jim. So before I let you go, uh, what's coming up for you? Well, uh, like I said, this weekend we got a competition in. Uh, uh, Fresno. Then the following weekend, we got a competition back here in San Francisco. But I'm also doing a USA coaching course. And then the following weekend, I'm off to Bakersfield for another coaching course. And then the following weekend is to Houston for the World Championships for two weeks. And then uh, back to Reno a week after that for the uh, our American Open. And then got a big competition back in San Francisco a couple weeks after that. And then it's then this year's over. 